I became a coach because I felt a calling to help people awaken to the fact that they are powerful and awesome and there's nothing that they cannot do. Welcome to the Coach Pony Podcast, where our goal is to help you learn the critical business skills that you need to succeed as a coach. And it all starts with learning how to get those paying clients. In season one of our podcast, join us as we interview experienced six and seven figure coaches from different niches and delve into how they got that very first client and what they might do differently today. In this episode, we are going to peer into the world of corporate coaching with Jody Flynn from Women Taking the Lead. Women leaders hire Jody to develop the skills needed to thrive in senior leadership. She is the host of the critically acclaimed Women Taking the Lead podcast and an Amazon bestselling author with her book, Accomplished How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. Jody got her first paying client and her most recent paying client in exactly the same way. So listen in as she unpacks what has changed in the 12 years since she started her business, her predictions for corporate coaching as an industry, and so much more. So with that, let's get down to business. Welcome to the Coach Pony Podcast. Today, I'm here with the magical Jody Flynn, and I am super excited She's here to join us because I did my own episode about how I got my first client as a career coach. And Jody is here to talk about getting clients from a career coach perspective, but unlike me, she's doing it from a corporate and executive standpoint. So Jody, hello. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me on Coach Pony. Hello, Coach Pony community. Yay, coaches. Yay, coaches indeed. For every new coach that's here, this is going to be an amazing interview. And we don't stand on ceremony here because I'm super nosy. So I just want to get to it and start asking questions. So Jody, I would love to have you think back for me and tell me about the day you got your very first client at a company or organization. Tell me, how did they find you? It's a great question. Um, actually, they were found for me. There was a little bit of a process. So for those of you who are in the corporate and executive realm, you know it's a little bit of a different process, but the basics are all the same. Through networking, I met a woman who was a web developer. This web developer had connections at an organizational development company. I was introduced to them, built a relationship. They started asking me to do some work for them. And then they introduced me to a gentleman that was a CFO at a local bank who needed coaching and they thought I would be the perfect coach for him. So I was actually introduced, it was like networking, networking, networking that eventually landed me that that client. This is something that I think is pretty common for people in the executive and corporate arena. Would you say that it's fair that people in this niche often network their way into their clients? 100%. I think sometimes, um, you know, some of the fundamentals of marketing can be the same. But when you're in the corporate and executive realm, it's, it's all relationships. It's all... Um, who you know, becoming known and letting yourself be known and getting out there and being willing to meet people, get to know people and be of service to them. 
I love that. Be of service is so important. There is so much sleaze and just people out there in the coaching industry trying to get clients. And that's why selling often feels gross. But when you're out there and you're being of service, it feels really different to both you and the client. So I know that this story is way back in the day. I mean, you've been a coach for a really long time. Do you remember what you charged this very first client and how many sessions you did with them? Yes. Well, this was the biggest package I ever sold. So just to kind of frame it a little bit. So this was the first corporate client I had had. I had cut my teeth a little bit on, you know, business clients and individuals. But with this package, it was a $10,000 package and it was for 20 sessions. Excellent. And actually, that's not uncommon for pricing. Corporate coaching can often range from 10 to 25 or even $30,000 per client, depending on your location and your experience. Obviously, you can charge more if you're more experienced or if you're in a bigger city. So how long was each session? Do you remember? It was about... 45 minutes to an hour. And with this client, like sometimes I would have to drive. They, he, his offices were about an hour and a half away from me. So some days I would drive and we'd do a two hour session. So we'd be doing like multiple sessions in one um, to bang out a lot of work. And I will say, having been introduced to this client through the organizational development company, also helped me get that price. Now, I'm sure a lot of people were probably like, wow, early on and you charge that much. But I had mentors and guides within that company who were like, this is how much you should be charging. Because I would have never spit out that number on my own without that assistance. I don't want anyone to think like, oh, I, I, you know, (laughs) I knew how I was super confident as a new coach and could do that. It sometimes it, it it takes somebody going no, 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 no. What you're charging is undervaluing you, and they're not going to want what you're offering if you don't charge enough. And that's how it was explained to me. That's such a great point, Jody. I think undercharging is a problem, and a lot of new coaches have done it. And so this is one of the reasons I keep asking people on this podcast how much they charged back in the day and how much they charge now so we can demystify pricing just a little bit, because I want new coaches to understand the different types of rates, what coaches charge and get paid, and so on and so forth, so that you don't immediately undervalue yourself and so you also understand what you might be working up to in the future. So you've learned a lot since you first started, Jody, because that was eight, nine, 10 years ago. You've been a coach for a, a really long time, right? Yeah, it was probably about eight years ago. I've been coaching for about uh, almost 11 years now. So if you were just getting started now, what approach would you take to get that first client today? Network. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, I will say there there's some work you you need to do, but don't stop networking just because you haven't figured out all the pieces. I think in tandem, you have to know your niche. And I know there are people who who disagree with it, but it's so much easier um, to explain what you do when you are niche down. I remember when I was a new coach, I was like, oh, I could coach anybody on anything and I'm happy to help and da da da. And people were like, mm, okay. But my, you know, what I'm doing now where I say, I coach high achieving women who haven't recovered from their last promotion. 
I, every person I tell that to, they're like, oh, I know somebody like that, right? And you know you, you've you nailed it when every time you tell somebody what you do, they're like, they say, I know somebody. And this is what everyone should aspire to. So those of you listening to this podcast, this is why we talk about niching so much at Coach Pony and over at Build A Real Business as well. Because if you can say who you help and everyone in the world can easily understand you, then that's a super simple way to get clients. Because either the person you're talking to or communicating with immediately sees themselves as a potential client, or they know a friend or a colleague or someone in their network who might fit the bill as well, because what you said was so clear. So I love what you said, Jody. Can you say it one more time? Because I love your niche. My niche is I help high achieving women who haven't recovered from their last promotion. And so, and one thing I want to add, Chrissy, is and this is something I learned from you over the time that I've known you, the message is so important, you know? So when, you know, as new coaches, when you're thinking about what's my message, if you don't like the word niche, like what's your message, you know, think about what you've overcome and or accomplished in your life and focus on that because that's powerful, right? And you have the credibility to get out in the world and say, I can show you how to do this because I've done it. You know, so that, that I would say that would be my final answer. Start there and then get out there and network, 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 meet as many people as you can. So I take it to mean that you, of course, are an overachieving woman yourself. So is that fair? Yes. Who, who got promoted several times in succession and sometimes I was okay and sometimes I was not okay after the promotion and struggled with it. Um, but I learned a lot in terms of how to take on more responsibility and how to rearrange my life, how to take care of myself. And that's what I teach my clients. And you said network, 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 which I 100% agree with, especially in terms of executive coaching. And just in general, for any niche, everyone should be willing to do a bit of networking for their business, even if it's not your main marketing platform, because it's so important to build connections both with potential clients, but also with other coaches and people in your community who can help support you mentally and in other ways in your business. So if you were a new coach who wanted to get into executive or corporate coaching today, where are the first places you would start to network right now, Jody? I would get involved in HR associations. I would be connecting with people on LinkedIn. Um, you know, even I would say attending events that are relevant relevant to le- executive leadership coaches because you can network with the other people who are attending those events. You know, if there's an event that even though it's in your, um, you know, zone of genius and you might be thinking to yourself, I don't need to know this information. Well, sign up and attend the event and network with the other people who are interested in that topic, you know, because they are likely the people who could either be your clients or they could introduce you to your clients. Mm. And so tell me, how did your most recent client find you? Was it through networking? It was through networking. It was, um, and, you know, I will, I will say this, um, I have a podcast myself and I use the podcast as a networking tool. I have met so many people 
amazing people through my podcast um, by having them on as guests. And they've introduced me to other people. And I try as much as possible to maintain those relationships. And my latest client came through a woman who was on my podcast. And we were probably having our semi-annual catch-up call to see what each other was up to and how we've been. And she had a friend, sure enough, who like had been promoted, you know, was struggling. And she's like, oh my goodness, let me introduce you to my friend. She has been a whirling dervish, you know, for a year or more ever since she got promoted. And, you know, it it was (laughs) so funny, so basic because there's so many ways you can do it, but it was networking and maintaining relationships. Now you do have to pick and choose, you know, how how many people am I going to like try to keep up with, stay in touch with? But when you identify somebody who you have a connection with, or they're in your industry, or you know, you know, you get a sense of like, this is someone I want to stay in touch with, like make a point to follow up with them and, and stay top of mind in their world. Sometimes with people I'm trying to just stay connected to, if I find an article online that I thought was interesting, I'm sending them a note saying, hey, I found this article and I know from previous conversations you're interested in this too. And actually, I did that last week because I found an article that I knew seven people in my network would enjoy. And that turned into three follow-up calls and some potential work. Uh, This is such a good story. There's been a lot of research done by a sociologist whose name I am, of course, currently forgetting. But it's on strong ties and weak ties. And the strong ties and weak ties center on the idea that most of our networking connections are people with whom we have weak ties, people whom we keep in touch with loosely, uh, maybe only once or twice a year, and or we run into them periodically, and we don't actually proactively reach out to them that often. And yet, they're often the people who refer us the most business. It doesn't take that much of a connection to maintain or a lot of time and effort to build up a good amount of weak ties. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. It can be as simple as like shooting them a note. Yes, I love that. That's a really great tip. So this latest client, it sounds like she contracted with you directly, not through a company. Is that right? That's correct. So is your package today still the same? Do you do the same amount of sessions when you work with an individual who's hiring you directly um, versus when you work with a company and the company is paying you instead of the individual? There is a little bit of a difference. Um, Sometimes when I'm working with individuals, the package is pared down. Now, I want to be very clear that I'm not offering the same package for a different price. One thing I've learned is, you know, if somebody has a certain budget, that's great. You can work within their budget, but then you need to, if it's their budget is less than what you would normally charge, you need to pare down what you're offering, you know, to meet that you need to maintain the value of what you're offering. So this woman as an individual, because they don't have the same budgets that larger organizations do. So she scaled back on some of the assessment tools we would use and the length of time we were working together. So we're doing 10 sessions for $3,500. Okay. So that's very different pricing and style from what you offer to an organization or company. So if you were doing this type of coaching through an organization, what would your rates be and what would be a little bit different? And I know you're in Maine, so corporate rates are a little bit lower there. 
Yeah, it would be a little bit different because I would offer a couple of different assessment tools normally with the company. I'm also reviewing the company's value statements, mission statements. I'm reviewing their performance evaluations and any other documentation that they feel is relevant, whether they've taken assessments through their organization. I'm oftentimes meeting with my client and their manager in the first session, maybe somewhere midway through, at the end. So in that case, it could involve, you know, 15 meetings. And for that, I'm charging $6,500 or more, depending, because it's like the give and take, you know, with corporate and executive coaching, you're oftentimes putting together a proposal, like what is the scope of work? And so I have to figure out how much time am I going to be investing in this? How much mental bandwidth? Is this going to take up as well? What is the value of what I'm providing? And what is this client going to be able to do um, or experience after coaching with me? So I take all of those things into account, put it in a proposal, and then wait for approval. Wow, that's awesome. It's everything you've shared I find to be so interesting. So as we look at corporate and executive coaching as a whole, and we think about the future, what are you seeing as changing or has anything changed? And, you know, what do you think might happen over the next few years? Well, I think what what's changing is, you know, well, you know, it's 20, beginning of 2021. So there's no expectation that you be in the office. You know, I remember when I was starting my business 10, 11 years ago, there were clients who it was their expectation, like you're going to come to me and you're going to sit in my office and this is how we're going to do our coaching. And so I would have to factor in travel time, travel costs. And sometimes, you know, that would create friction for me in terms of how much should I charge when I'm spending an hour and a half on the road each way. So how do I calculate three hours of travel time to coach a client for two hours? You know, things like that. All coaching is done via Zoom right now. It's same with delivering presentations and workshops. It's all being done via Zoom. Connecting via LinkedIn is hot right now. I will say that has changed. And 10 years ago, some people were using LinkedIn. Now it's like everyone's becoming pretty ninja at at using LinkedIn. And it's a pretty robust website um, or platform, I should say. Are there things that could be improved? Yes. I know they're working on making LinkedIn groups um, more intuitive, friendlier, more inviting and engaging. Um, But right now there are still some things about LinkedIn groups that, you know, are not very engaging. Um, So I would say in in that realm, like what we do hasn't changed, but where we do it, how we do it, that has Mm. been changing. Yes, that really makes sense. And do you think the future is strong for corporate and executive coaching? It's something that companies are still going to spend money on. Yes, 100%. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but one thing I did recently was I looked up um, HR trends in 2021 and looked at what was happening. And the findings were that managers are now not not just responsible about... um, how do I want to say this? Being concerned and speaking to an employee's wellness at work, it's also speaking to and being concerned about their wellness at home as well. So do managers have the skills to dive into that personal 
world. And also they're being tasked with identifying, does an employee need more support? Like, do they need some mental health um, counseling or coaching or services that can help them with that? Also, um, training and development, there is a stronger need to have it be more personalized. I think, you know, many of us can remember, you know, those corporate trainings, if the company had videos and, you know, a platform where you could go through and do company trainings, that was great, but they were very cookie cutter, you know, and that's why my specialization of focusing on high achieving women specifically who are struggling after promotion, most training and development programs within companies don't specialize in that particular area. You know, a lot of trainings, like they're getting better. Companies now are hiring more D&I coordinators or DEI coordinators um, to focus in on what are the needs of particular populations of employees within their organization. But, you know, for the most part, training and development programs were developed for anybody. As coaches, as we know, we can't offer trainings that are just for anybody. Right. That specialization is required. And so more companies are offering personalized training and there are stronger needs for coaching in the corporate world. So I think um, especially with so many changes happening in our the workplace and in the workforce, that executive and corporate coaches are going to be highly needed and highly regarded. So what I'm hearing is long story short, it sounds like the future is bright in this niche. Yes. So there's one last question I want to ask before we get to our lightning round. And I think it's an important one because when you go into business, the first year of business is usually the hardest. So I'd love to get into your story of your first year of business. So take us back and tell us what was your lowest moment in that first year and how did it feel? Yeah, the lowest moment came about nine months after I started my business and I started my business in September and I remember, God, I still remember this moment to this day. It's so clear. Um, It was a July day and it was hot. And I found myself just lying on the living room floor. I had wandered out of my office, gone into the living room and just decided to lay down on the carpet. Like I was spent, you know, I was exhausted. I, I, I wasn't feeling very hopeful. I had spent nine months spinning my wheels, doing a lot of things, not well, you know, just because I didn't know any better. Um, And I wasn't getting a lot of traction and was just feeling, you know, that feeling of like, there's something wrong with me, you know, like, I'm I'm, like, I can't figure this out. I'm, you know, and then the thought like, well, maybe, maybe I made the wrong decision. Maybe I should start looking for a job. That reaction, I had that reaction. I had a visceral reaction. My throat closed, my belly lurched. It was like, and I instantly knew that is not an option for me. Like that reaction told me that was the worst thing for me that I would just just dry up going back into, you know, working for somebody else. And I had to go back to, well, why did I become a coach in the first place? Like, I have a mission. I I have to figure this out. And I won't say that I figured it out in that moment, but I I remember saying to myself, Jody, get up off the floor, get back to work. You'll figure this out. 
And I did. And, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but that was just a a moment of clarity that even though it was hard and I I wasn't getting a lot of traction, I was still Mm -hmm. on the right track. You know, I often get asked the question, what makes a coach successful? And one of the answers I've seen after years of working with coaches and of course, in my own business as well, is a key success factor is grit or perseverance. It's the willingness to say, you know what, this is hard, but it's worth it. So I'm doing it anyway. And I love the self-coaching that you did and the thought of, you know, you can do this. I can figure it out. So simple, but what a powerful sentence. Yes. And I, and I'll add to what you said, Christy, because I, I did a presentation on this. The most fulfilling and satisfying things in our life take work. Think about marriage. Think about parenting. Think about owning a home, right? These things bring us fulfillment and satisfaction, and they take work. You have to show up. You have to do the hard things. You have to have the hard conversations. You have to look yourself in the mirror. Yes, exactly. You're going to have ups and you're going to have downs. But if you keep doing the work and if you keep learning and if you keep reflecting and asking smart questions of yourself, you'll get through it. And so I just, I love reminding people that it's possible. So thank you for that. All right. So I want to switch gears because we end every episode of the Coach Pony podcast with something we call the sweet part. It's a lightning round of chocolatey goodness where we get to ask you nosy questions (laughs) that we might not be able to ask otherwise. So before we start, let me just pause for a second and say this. Being a successful coach depends on two things, being great at coaching and being great at business. We know you're a good coach. Now our goal here at Coach Pony is to make you absolutely great at business. If you ever wished someone would show you exactly how to find paying clients so you aren't staring at an empty calendar or an empty bank account, please do not fret. Come on over to the Coach Pony community at coachpony.com and grab our free in-depth 26-page guide on exactly how to find paying clients. And so today's lightning round is brought to you by Whole Foods chocolate salted caramels, which I discovered in the back of our pantry because my husband sneaked them into our house. And I, of course, have now had them for both breakfast and for my mid-morning snack. So if you need something that's both delightful and sticky, so it might get all over your keyboard, might I recommend the chocolate salted caramels from Whole Foods. So I love talking about chocolate, but we're here to talk about you, Jody. So are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. What is the most expensive thing that you spent money on recently in your business? Coaching for me. What is the best thing that you spent money on recently for your business? Coaching for me. Worth every penny. What is one thing you feel like you wasted money on? I invested money in a robust CRM system that I wasn't ready for and I didn't need. And I paid over $100 a month for over a year while it sat unused. What is your favorite dessert? A flourless chocolate tort. What is your favorite book in your niche? How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. What is the last book that you read? I'm currently reading In the Flow, Unlock Your Hormonal Advantage and Revolutionize Your Life by Alyssa Vitti. What takes the most time out of your workday? Sending emails and messages, usually involving scheduling meetings. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? 
dark. White chocolate. Is it delicious or is it an abomination? White chocolate is meant to be an accent. Anything more is like having cilantro for a salad. <laughs> that is a new and unusual answer, and I 100% support it. Awesome. So I love all of these answers, Jody. And I would love to circle back actually to talk about the favorite book in your niche that you mentioned. So tell me a little bit more about why you love it. I love this book um, because actually Marshall Goldsmith wrote a book that I used with my first corporate client that we spoke about earlier. It was called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And it's all about what got you to the point of promotion won't get you to the next level. And it's all about how we have to adapt our leadership skills. But, and at the time, Sally Helgeson was on Marshall Goldsmith's team. So they went around the country and they did workshops based on his book. And what they found were there were some concepts in the book that were not relevant to women. They were so not relevant to women, women actually displayed the opposite behavior that they highlighted in the book. So one of the things in the book was, don't take credit for work that isn't yours. And women do the opposite. They don't take credit for work that absolutely is their work. They oftentimes say, oh, it was because of something else. Now, they identified several things that, you know, were, were either just not relevant to women or the opposite. And so they wrote this other book together to identify what are the things that specifically hold women back as they're advancing in their career. And I loved it. They finally said the things that I've been seeing in my business. Now, I'd like to say I could have written this book, but I did not. They have full credit for it. But everything I read, I was like reading along going, yep, yep. Yep. And the same things like perfectionism, people pleasing, not speaking up for ourselves, setting boundaries, things of that nature are in this book. And I loved it. I love that you shared this book because as a career coach myself over at the Revolutionary Club, obviously I have two businesses, Coach Pony and the Rev Club, but I'm really militant on the fact that no matter what industry you are in, uh, women are treated so differently and judged more harshly. We promote men on their potential, but yet we promote women on their past performance, and that's not fair. So I love that you mentioned this book as a resource. Can you say the name of it one more time for me? It's How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson and Marshall Goldsmith. Awesome. So Jody, please tell people how they can find you if they want more Jody Flynn in their lives. Yes, I love talking to people. So please, please, please reach out to me. You can find me at womentakingthelead.com. That's my hub. And you can find me on LinkedIn as Jody Flynn. And let me assure you, if you reach out to me, I will respond. We will be chatting. Like I said to Christy, so important to talk to people, meet new people. So be one of the new people I meet this coming year. Wow, that is quite an offer. Everyone, you should definitely take her up on it. Jody means <laughs> what she says. And with that, Jody, I want to say thank you so much for sharing some awesome insight into a different type of career coaching. Thank you for being here with us today. Oh, Christy, thank you so much, not only for inviting me, but thank you for having this podcast because this is the podcast I wish I could have listened to 11 years ago. It would have made such a difference in my business. Ah. 
Well, we have it now. And so with that, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. I hope this story helps you on your path to paying clients. As you go, remember, you aren't just a coach. You are also a business owner. So please get the business training that you need so you can land the clients you want. And if you need help getting that first client or just getting your business going in a way that supports you, come on over to coachpony.com and grab our 26 page free guide on how to land your first clients and build a business where you actually make money. We'll show you in simple steps exactly what to do so that you have a happy bank account and happy clients. Don't forget to hit subscribe for this podcast so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you over at coachpony.com for the free guide. See you next time.